Hello and welcome to Wisdom and Productivity, the podcast of Dr. Efraim Martinez. I am a principal in search of wisdom and I have found productivity to be a great tool for success. Today I have the great honor to interview Debbie Tonnebaum, who is a mother, an elementary school tech specialist in Fairfax County, Virginia, an author, a blogger, presenter, teach better ambassador, and educator extraordinaire. Debbie Tannebaum, who are you? Wow, what a great introduction. Thank you. I feel Thank like I you. just need to bring that with me wherever I go. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, Tell like us about said, you. Sure. Like you said, I am a mother. I have um, two, um, two kids, two. I guess biological kids and two stepkids were a blended family. Um, and then in addition, I am in my fifth year as a technology specialist in an elementary school in Virginia. Um, in addition to that, I am an author. Like you said, my book, Transform Techie Notes to Make Learning Sticky, was published on my birthday in 2021. What a birthday gift. I know. And then last year, um, my second book, Amplifying Instructional Design, which I was a contributing author for, I wrote... Um, one third of the book um, came out in June, um, and I have a couple other little projects that I'm involved in that I'm excited about. Um, but besides that, I have been presenting all over the place. Um, I recently just hit my one-year live presentation anniversary, so I went down to Georgia in November of 2021 and presented there for the first time in front of people, not just in front of a screen. And I went back this past week and I presented there again. It was really fun to see how I had changed and also how I had really, I now better understand how to help the people I work with to get my content in a powerful way. Wow, that, that's, a, that's a, um, a great realization. Tell us more about that. Um, what did you learn about the process of teaching adults? I just really, it's really struck me that just like when we were, we're working with our students, we don't want to just talk at them. And I go to so many presentations where people talk at you and they have that whole hour filled with their talking. And one of the things that I've really found as I've gotten better and better at presenting is I wanted to engage my audience more. I've been really lucky to see some fantastic presenters in the last year, and they really influenced how I work with the people in my audience. And so, you know, making sure every 10 to 15 minutes I pause, and I use a lot of these uh, thinking routines um, from Project Zero with my students, but I also model that with my with the educators and the adults I work with. So I say, we're going to pause now. I'm going to give you an opportunity to reflect on your learning. And then once you've reflected on your learning and you've kind of taken that next step, then we'll go to the next part. I really feel like that helps make my sessions more um, powerful and impactful and it gets my participants engaged. I tell my participants, don't come to my session and expect to check your emails. Because if you're here, I want to give you everything I can. And I can't do that if you're multitasking or doing other things because, you know, All of my sessions are things that were a challenge for me that I want to help others with. And wow. so it's really important to me. If you're coming to my session, then you've identified this as a need in your life. And I want you to then listen to what I've shared, take it, make it your own, and then do your next steps. Because everything I, I share, I've taken from somebody else. 
I've internalized it, I've reflected on it, made it my own, and now I'm sharing it out with my own, you know, flavor version. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing all of that. Uh, can you walk us through your professional trajectory up to this sure. point? Sure. So um, I've been teaching for quite a while. This is year 23. And um, I started out as a fourth, actually, I started out as a second grade teacher. My first year of teaching was not exactly the best. Um, and I talk about that in my book. Um, and then I became a fourth year teacher, a fourth grade teacher. And in that first full year, um, I really discovered the magic of technology. And I was working with my fourth grade students. We were in the computer lab and the, we had a computer lab teacher back then. And we started using Scholastic.com. And they had this activity called the Trailblazers Hall of Fame for February. And so all the students had to pick a famous African-American and they had to say why they should be in the Trailblazers Hall of Fame. It was one of those things where you could, everybody who wanted to could like put with their first name and send in their stuff. And I just started to notice that my students were engaged in a way I had never seen before. And then, you know, as part of that, even though it wasn't really a live stream, but back then it was the closest we got. Like my students did something with Colin Powell through Scholastic where they got to submit questions and he answered questions. And even if he didn't answer their questions, they still felt like they were getting something that they had, you know, they might not ever get an opportunity to do again. Um, and so because of experiences like that, I decided to get my master's in technology um, that for after that first year. And um, technology's just always been something I've been really interested in. Um, I got my master's back in 2002, right after my son was born. And um, I've always just really, it's been something I've always really just, re you know, it's resonated with me. I feel drawn, I felt drawn to. I originally wanted to be an elementary school French teacher and I kind of think technology's a language of its own. Yes. And, you know, even though the technology has changed tremendously, the reasoning I use the technology is still the same. I mean, I might not be using Netscape Navigator like I did when I first got my master's, but you know, just like that first activity where I was trying to give my students an authentic audience to share their writing, and I was trying to connect them with somebody outside of our classroom, I really focus on ways the technology can help amplify learning. And so throughout my career, I've continued to do that. You know, when we got Promethean boards, You know, I got really involved in that. And then the one-to-one -one initiatives in the schools have really, I think, been transformative because I've been able to work with teachers and say, giving kids computers is not just about having them type on Google Docs. There's so much more. And so um, I spent 17 years in Maryland working in Montgomery County and then um, met my husband while that was happening, my, my current husband while that was happening. And he convinced me to migrate down to Virginia and I did three years going back and forth mm. and decided that was no longer going to work for me. And um, <clears throat> six years ago, I came down and decided to work in Virginia. <clears throat> and in my first year working in Virginia, my principal introduced me to Twitter and uh. she changed my life. For someone who was as involved in technology as I was, I, you know, I had, I wanted nothing to do with Twitter. I thought it was just, you know, for celebrities and, you know, And she introduced me to it. And all of a sudden I noticed there was this world I never knew before. I was able to see things like there were podcasts. I didn't even know about podcasts until January of that year. Um, I started listening to one about um, ADHD um, that I had gone to an executive functioning um, like session for my district. And somebody at the district was like, who was in my session was like, have you ever listened to this podcast? It's really helpful. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, there's podcasts for everything. 
um, and started listening to podcasts, started realizing that there were books that weren't just boring books. And I read, you know, Teach Like a Pirate and started really getting involved in reading educational books. And, um, you know, that next year started doing Twitter chats. I with that I, during that first year, my tech specialist at my school was like, you should apply to be a tech specialist. And I'm like, but it's only my first year in the district. She's like, no, 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 they need people like you. Um, and got a job as a tech specialist and decided I had to model what I preach. I couldn't tell people to try things if I wasn't actively doing those things. And then that first year, somebody kind of challenged me to do a blog. Um, I was in a Twitter book chat, started blogging in February of 19 um, and haven't really stopped since the end of 19. Um, I was in another Twitter chat where Jay Billy, um, who's an elementary school principal, said, what would you do if you could do anything? And I'm like, I want to write a book. And um, in 2020, I did that. And um, wow. at the end, end of 2020, I connected with Darren Pepper, who's my publisher, on Twitter. Um, actually, the first time I've ever met him face-to-face was at the Teach Better conference that we just went to. Did you? Yeah. Wow. And he read my book, and he's like, this is really great. And for about a month, I sat on it because I was, you know, a little scared and nervous, which I think is normal. And then came out on my birthday and like since then I've just been able to do so many amazing things I've gotten to present all over the place I've gotten to go and work with schools I but I mean when it comes down to what what I love the most is I love helping my youngest learners learn how to use that technology um and so that's been something I talk a lot about I feel like we have to prepare our kids to be ready for whatever is in store and we don't really know what's in store and um, so it's been a really amazing journey. You know, when I listen to you, I feel almost that you're telling also a story of about how your level of confidence increase with time. And, Absolutely. And, and knowing, can you walk us through that level? Like, where were you? when you started this and who are you as an educator Oh, absolutely. And, you know, to be completely vulnerable, um, you know, when a lot of this journey started, when I start, uh, you know, I, you know, before I met my current husband, I was going through a divorce and things weren't that great for me. Um, And when I met my husband, um, who I'm currently married to, we've been together for about 10 years and married about eight. He saw something in me that I didn't even know existed. Um, it's so funny because he says he put the Tannenbaum in Tannenbaum tech. And, but he saw something in me that I didn't know existed. And he believed in me in a way that no one else had ever believed in me. And it wasn't like, yeah, you're great. But he, like, he, he truly believed in me and he truly let me try things. And if I said to him, well, I'm thinking of writing a blog, he wasn't like, oh, you can't do that. He was like, oh, that's a great, you know, and he just continued to support me through all of this. I mean, he's just been so phenomenal. I mean, this past Thursday, he woke up at 4 a.m. to drive me to the airport and picked me up at 10 p.m., you know, took care of everything during the day when I was gone. And he just does those types of things. He's He's just a wonderful man who has supported me and helped me to realize who I am. And if you had told me five years ago, that I would be presenting in rooms with over 100 people, I would have said you were nuts. Um, but I love what I do and I love helping people. And to me, it's it's about that. It's knowing that I can work in a classroom and I can help you know, 25, 30 kids. I can help my staff and do something and maybe help you know, close to 600 or I can go and work like I did this past week and have two packed houses at a conference of almost 100 people and know that each of those people are then going to share out things that are going to help our students in the long run. 
And to me, that's so important because there's not enough out there in the elementary space about helping our students with technology and make it and not being something like, oh, take your kids on ST math for 20 minutes or take your kids on Lexian. And I'm not disparaging those programs. They have valid reasons. But we want to need to get our kids to be creators, to be problem solvers, to do all those things. And so many teachers are afraid of that. And my job is to help them get that entry point in. Beautiful. Thank you. That's a great mission to have. Um, like in Back to the Future, Debbie, uh, if you could go back to any of the professions or positions you have held, what is one thing or two you would tell yourself? I was really afraid to ask for help early on. I really viewed as viewed needing help as being a weakness. And I always wasn't afraid of getting in trouble. And I just remember, and, I, and I've had some experiences with some principals who were not as wonderful as you. <laughs> and, um, and I was really afraid of getting that note, that see me note. And looking back, that's one of the things I regret the most because the more vulnerable I've been and the more I admit that, you know, I don't know everything, but I'm learning every single day and trying to become better every single day. The more what I say resonates and the more I feel connected to other people. And I feel like I spent way too much time trying to hide that and trying to be like, well, if I just stay under the radar, everybody will kind of think I'm doing great. Um, and I don't do that anymore. And I think it's important for not only, and I model it for my teachers, I model it for my students. I even model it for my own personal children. My children have said to me, they're like, we know you do hard things, mom, but we can do hard, but because you do hard things, we try hard things. And honestly, you can't get better than that. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Uh, let me ask you about your um, integration with Teach Better. Can you tell us a little bit about Teach Better? I love Teach Better. Um, I can't say enough wonderful things about Teach Better. I think that conference that you and I both went to was probably the best conference I've ever been to. And I can't even describe why. It just was. Um, I got involved with Teach Better. I started with their mastery chats. And um, I really loved them. They were just really fast paced. They were great connections. And at first I was, you know, I participated in that. And then they started doing their 12 hour live. I started getting a little bit more involved in that. And all of a sudden um, I noticed that they were having these Teach Better ambassadors. And I'm like, I'm gonna apply. There's no way I'm getting it. But I've kind of in the last five years gone with the idea that if you don't try, the answer is always gonna be no, and you're not gonna get it. So I was like, I'm just gonna try. And I was shocked when I got accepted. I mean, honestly shocked. <laughs> and, but it's been such an amazing experience because I've gotten to connect with so many phenomenal educators. Um, and because of that, I feel like I've gotten to know a lot of the people in the team better. Um, it was funny because during the conference, I went up to Andrea um, and I was talking to her and, and Megan. And I was like, I haven't really been as involved in the ambassadors as I feel like I should be. Should I reapply? Because you have to reapply this month. And she go there, looked at me and they go, of course, you're going to reapply. Um, <laughs> And it's just that feeling, knowing that there's a group of people who you feel really close to who are just part of your family. And then in addition to that, because I started to get more involved in those types of things, I joined the um, Admin Mastermind, which during COVID was a lifesaver. I met so many amazing educators on those Tuesday mornings. I can't get there now, but I've made so many amazing connections through that. 
And then through that, I found out about the Edupreneur Mastermind, which I'm also a member of. Um, and that's a group of people who are trying to, you know, see what they can do on the side. They have their side hustles, or some of them have real hustles, um, main time hustles. And, um, you know, Jeff Gargas has been such a phenomenal um, resource for me and for the rest of the team. And, you know, getting to know other people on the team and make those connections has been amazing. So I just feel like um, Chad made it, said something really meaningful to me at the conference. We were meeting in our group, our entrepreneur group, and I was like, it's so nice that you help everybody because if you think about it, we're kind of like all trying to do the same thing, which could be good or bad. And he looked at me, he goes, well, we are doing the same thing, but there's more than enough people in this pot that we all can work together to help each other because we all have the same goal. And that just really resonated with me. I mean, we're all trying to help each other. And um, I don't, be- I, I really believe that Teach Better helped me realize my value. I might have gotten my confidence from other things, but Teach Better helped me realize my value. And wow. that was something I really needed because as educators, we kind of do things and we're like, well, you know, we don't expect a lot from it because we're really, we, we're, we're servant leaders. And, you yeah. know, it's really important for me to realize, well, yes, that's really important, but it's also really important if I go somewhere else and I share things that people, you know, understand I have value. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, let's celebrate the Teach Better community. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get back to the episode. So Debbie, uh, reading good books is such a luxury. Uh, if you have to tell me about your favorite fiction book and your favorite nonfiction book, uh, what would that be? Oh, that's so hard. Uh, especially because I don't read a ton of fiction right now. Um, there's just so many books that I love. Um, one of the books that I kind of just, you know, I really um, enjoy Tara Martin's Be Real. That's an amazing book. That's really been part of my journey as well as sharing my voice. So that's definitely um, one. Of course, I'm going to recommend my book, um, Transform Techiness to Make Learning Sticky. Um, I really enjoy that book as well. But there's just, I feel like there's just so many. Um, I'm going to be honest, when I read fiction books, I tend to read books that are more like romance novels. Um, I just, it's just kind of a getaway. Um, So I usually only read when we're not, when I'm not working. Um, I'm not sure. Because I feel like when um, working, it's hard for me to separate from the two. Um, so, like, if I'm on vacation or stuff, I'll get like a book and just read a, you know. A so tell us then novel. about Tara's book and about your book. Sure. So Tara's book is all about being real, and it talks about you know being relatable, exposing vulnerability, and now I'm not going to remember the other two letters of the acronym. Um, but I really loved, I, um, I really loved how, you know, how she talked about really opening yourself in that vulnerability and making sure that people knew that you could share yourself. And she talks about blogging and a lot of that really made a huge, huge difference for me because, you know, that was, I read that at the exact time where I needed to read that and it was then able to help me to really push things to push myself further in that vulnerability. I mean, right now I'm 
working on something on my blog called the ABCs of Transforming Learning, which is very a very purposeful blog. It'll probably end, eventually become my next book. But for a while, I spent a lot of time in my blog just talking about that process of, you know, really learning how to believe in myself, be vulnerable, do all those things. And reading her book really helped me to feel okay with that, to be re- open to that. Um, and, you know, and I, you know, I remember, you know, and I don't even write for Dave just Publishing because I know she's, you know, but like I would, I wrote a blog post and, you know, she and I've stayed connected over the years. Um, and we got to meet, I think finally in ISTE, which was really cool. Um, but that's, that's definitely a book. Another book that I'm, um, I really enjoyed besides mine, um, is, um, Vicki Wilson's, um, Lead with Instructional Rounds. I got to meet her at Teach Better. I um, mean, it talks about how instructional rounds can't just be looking for what's not there, but also really celebrating what is there and really, you know, learning from each other. And I think that's something I really want to try to push in my learning environments is that I feel like a lot of times the leadership team in, in our schools does a lot of training. And I want to see if we can try to do some more learning from each other because there are so many strengths in our schools. I um, see. I see. Can you tell us about your book? Sure. So my book is kind of my journey. Um, it start, it transforms an acronym. So it starts with me turning away from closed doors and how I kind of learned that I did, you know, that back when I first started teaching, people didn't really meet in teams or do a lot of that type of stuff and how I kind of learned I had to. It talks about revisiting technology's role in education and tells that story of Scholastic and how I, you know, came to discover what technology could do. And then it goes into how we can amplify learning with technology. Um, like I said, I use Project Zero's thinking routines a lot. I use them to help my students develop artifacts of learning. And I think it's really important that we have our students creating and synthesizing information. And then the book talks about nurturing and empowering student agency. It's so important to me to get my littles to understand how to use technology. I talk when I present about how I was playing kindergarten whack-a-mole where I'd help one kid and another one would pop up and another one would pop up and how exhausting that was and how through a podcast I found a way to reach my young learners and how, how five years down the road I've been able to really take it to the next level. This book was written about two or three years in, but I talk about how we can get our youngest learners to really understand that digital learning environment we think they're digital natives but they're digital natives at home not in the educational environment and then the book kind of takes a turn and talks about educators i think far too often educators don't necessarily know where to go to help themselves um, and i talk about seeking connections beyond your school how it helped me i talk about finding your pln um, and then I talk about, in the last section of the book, Offering Your Voice, and it talks about my blogging journey, how I ended up presenting, how I started blogging, all of that type of stuff, writing. And then the last two chapters, R, is for reaching beyond your expectations. It really talks about how I pushed myself. And then the last one, M, is maximizing um, learning, your, you know, learning potential. And so the book really kind of takes you through my journey, but I'm hoping that it also has a lot of helpful hints for others as they're going through their own. I know people who've read it have said that it's a really easy read and it's really easy to take the steps and use it. And that's really my goal. I want people to look at the book and be like, oh, well, you know, I'm not the only one who struggles. If she did it, maybe I can do it. Because 
far too long. I thought everyone's teaching career was perfect and it isn't. I've had two times in my career where I've really thought about leaving and I'm so glad now that I didn't, but I wouldn't appreciate it the way I do now if I hadn't had those awful moments. I see. Can you share with us one of those times that, that you had to push yourself? Um, absolutely. My first year of teaching, I was in a I was in a school where I wasn't given a whole lot of support. Um, and I went from a class of 17 to 24 in a period of uh, like two or three weeks. And uh, there was a child in my class who had some significant um, behavioral issues. And um, I kept trying to fix it. And it wasn't getting any better. And I No, I was afraid to ask for help. And when I asked for help a little bit too late and they were kind of like, if you can't fix this, we're going to need you to leave. And I just didn't know what to do. I was a first year teacher. And um, eventually I realized I was at the point where every weekend I was enjoying my weekend. And then Sunday night I would cry and I would sit down and plan. Um, and eventually I realized that I had to, I, I wanted to, I left. It's hard. One of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, but I really looking back wasn't ready to be a teacher yet um, I ended up going in and subbing in another district getting a lot of experience and really getting better at what I did um, I sometimes think that we push teachers into classrooms really too soon and we don't give them the support they need um, and so it was really really hard um, but you know I think everything happens for a reason and that happened because and if that hadn't happened I wouldn't have been in that classroom with that teacher and I wouldn't have discovered technology because that first year I didn't I didn't know anything about technology that first class so I mean I think things happen for a reason but boy was that hard <laughs> beautiful thank you for sharing so a broad question uh Debbie who do you learn from I learn from everyone I, I love learning I'm an, definitely a lifetime learner I learn from my students every single day oh boy do those kids help me learn a ton um I learn from my colleagues Um, I learned from my, I have, a, I have my administrators. I have an awesome, an awesome administrative team and I'm learning so much from them. I'm in a new school this year. I learned from my husband. I learned from my own personal children. Sometimes things I don't necessarily feel like I need to know, but you know, I feel like I'm learning all the time. I learned through podcasts. Um, I learned through reading books. Um, I just... I just love the process of, uh, of learning. It's funny because I joke I don't have enough car time anymore to listen to all the podcasts that I love. Um, but I just, Which I, one is your favorite podcast? Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> It has to be the one that you go to. I, I, it's really hard because I love so many of them. I, I don't know if I could just pick one. Um, and it's changed over the years because at the beginning when I started listening to podcasts, I only listened to educational technology podcasts. And now I really don't listen to educational technology podcasts. I listen to a lot of leadership podcasts, a lot of more productivity type podcasts. So I listen to shows like yours and Darren Peppers and Josh Stampers. And um, of course, I love Teach Better Talk. Um, and, I, and I try to engage in that a lot. Um, but there's just, I find that I, 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 I have trouble keeping up now because there's so many excellent podcasts. I love Brian Scott's podcast. And Um, I, you know, I, I'm now listening to Tom Schwimmer's podcast. Just there's so many of them. Um, I, it's really hard to, to pick. I honestly, I go and look at my podcast, um, and I'm, you know, list and I'm like, okay, I just try to go through it date by date because it's so hard because there's yeah. just so many amazing people in this field. And, 
you know, um, during the conference, me and another colleague were joking, well, maybe we'll enter this at some point, but not right now. I got too much on my plate right now, but eventually. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, so who is or who are your biggest influences? Um, I definitely think Jeff Gargas has been a huge influence on me lately. He's helped me a ton um, as far as building, you know, my side hustle and also understanding my value. Um, Darren Peppert's been a huge, a huge person to help me. I mean, I basically was, you know, he didn't know me from anyone and he believed in me and published my book and, you know, he's really helped me in that. Um, but I mean, I really, my, I have a brand new principal who's amazing um, and she's helped me so in so many ways, but I, I just love le- working for principals when I feel like they're lifelong learners. And she reminds me a lot of that principal who introduced me to Twitter and thinking routines. And this year, family engagement is a huge goal for me. And so we're doing a lot of really great work with family engagement. And I've learned so much from her research that she's been, she's been doing a lot of reading on that. Um, and so, you know, working with her and then, you know, with other people like, um, you know, Carly Spina, she has really great stuff with um, family engagement. Um, so, you know, just continuing to build. I feel like there's so many people on my network, everyone has their own special place and how they help me grow. Um, so I feel like I could continue to talk about this for a long time. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit about productivity. And as you know, this is an important strategy to uh, make sure everything gets done. But this means different things for different people. What does it mean to you? I think for me, it really means making sure that I make time for things that matter. Um, I start every morning um, and it, with some sort of journaling for a while it was you know it was more just a general journal now it's become like I make a list of things I'm celebrating to me that's really been an important part of my process is taking some time to do that taking some time to you know do that reflection time and then you know making sure I get some sort of activity whether it's walking my dog when she actually wants to walk or doing some sort of other activity and that's definitely something I am working on personally is that I want to make sure I get healthier and I work on that um, but also during the day really my calendar is my best friend um, and making sure that I really am purposeful because in my position I'm on the master schedule for part of the day And then there's part of the day where I'm really designing my own schedule and I'm trying to build relationships with teachers and get into classrooms to co-teach because that's my ultimate goal. And so making sure I take the time to do that, but also understanding that I can't do everything. And a lot of times when you're in a role like that, people will you know, ask you to do quite a lot of things that might not be what you would consider traditionally part of your role. And so balancing those things and making sure that when I get home, you know, that I spend time with my kids. My kids are all 16 to 21. So they're all, you know, on the way out of the house, hopefully. And um, I want to make sure I spend time with them as well. Um, but I'm also trying to, you know, dedicate some time to the business, but my business, but I know that my morning time is when I'm Oh, there I am. Yeah, I lost you for a second. So um, you were what? saying about your morning time 
That is my morning time is my morning time is my best time. So I really try to make sure that the things that I know that I need to spend the most time on are maybe the hardest things for me that I get them done then. Um, and I acknowledge the fact that at the end of the day, you know, that isn't my most productive time. So that's the time when I'm going to do things that aren't as big of a load. Um, and so that's helped me a lot, really understanding who I am and what best fits me and my life. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. So let's talk about uh, how's your email? How do you address your email situation? I am not a zero inbox person. Um, I am horrible with that, but I'm really good at making sure I keep track of what I do. Um, I've tried to do that inbox zero thing. It's just, it's not me. Um, plus, I like to keep track of things. You never know when you're going to need an email again. Mm. Um, and I actually had a situation where I needed to find an email for something and somebody said, oh, well, you know, you have an email proving that this particular thing you just said is true. And I was like, oh, yeah, I do. So, <laughs> um, so I like to kind of, you know, that's something I definitely could do better at. Um, but I feel like I'm really good at trying to make sure that I, you know, if, you know, if there's something I need to come back to that I tag it or I do something, I, you know, I have a lot, I use sticky notes to kind of keep me on track. Um, and, you know, and try to take care of things as I can. Um, you know, so I okay. find that most of the time if people need things from me, um, they're going to either, you know, I'll either get that email and be able to address it relatively quickly or they're going to come to me because, you know, when you're a tech, when you're a tech coach, people also are going to come to you whenever their computer needs to like be restarted and things like that as well. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So uh, a blogger who is also an author, uh, what have you learned about yourself as a writer? What advice do you have for people who may be bloggers? or have something at home and they are thinking of getting that into a published end book. What advice do you have? I think that you just have to stop being afraid. Everybody has a story to tell. And I feel like a lot of times people are like, well, why would anybody listen to my story? Everybody's story is really important. You know, our stories are very different, but both of our stories are important. And You'll be, I, I, for a while, I was afraid to put blogs out because I was like, what if they aren't perfect? Well, I blog first for myself because it helps me reflect, but then I also blog because if it helps just one person and then that one person is able to help somebody else and there's that trickle down effect. Um, and I want to make sure I can do that. And so, you know, put out what matters to you. I mean, I try to make sure as I'm blogging that I'm very consistent on the messages that I send. Um, and, you know, when I wrote my book, somebody had told me way back that nobody has a story like yours. And I was like, people need to know that it's not a perfect trajectory that you don't, you know, become a teacher, then become an administrator, then do this, then do that. It's okay not to want to have the same path. Um, and, you know, those bumps along the road help you to grow. And Don't be afraid. And this, I, you know, obviously, I've only worked. I've worked with two different publishers, but as an, a single author with a one. But there are so many publishers, male, who are amplifying educators' stories, and you can learn something from everyone's story. And so, if you're thinking about doing it, it doesn't hurt to reach out. I mean, when I started working on this whole thing, um, you know, the, one of the pieces of feedback I got as we were writing is that, you know, my 
book sounded too much like a blog initially. And so I've had to learn a lot about how to kind of change from a blog. Now I know how to do from a blog format to an author format, but it took some time along the way. Give us an example. I I never, I'm learning new things. Uh, What will be... Well, because the blogs are, you know, are unrelated, you can do, sometimes there's a lot more repetition in them. Like one of the things that they talked about is I, I must have mentioned in my book, who knows how many times that I was fangirling because early on, anytime I met somebody who I thought was edge of famous, like I, I fangirled really hard. And like, that's fine if you're reading blogs every couple of weeks, but if in a book that's not going to work or like when I was describing tech tools, you know, I would do it much more like here's stories about it versus in the book, I say, okay, these are my transform tech tool qualities. Here's how this tech tool meets each of these qualities. And so, I mean, I think now it's affected my blogging as well because my blogging I think is even better because of it but it was hard at first and like especially with the amplifying instructional design book like I needed to do a lot of citations citations were really hard for me because I was like I don't remember how to do any of that luckily Google Docs has it inside of it now um Uh. but like redoing research and like because I did a lot of more research for the second book um doing that research figuring out how to put that research together with my voice um you know just those types of things are just are just different and you know people say anybody can write a book but it is a lot of work I mean I joke that like as I was really working on it I was spending you know an hour hour and a half a day in addition to what I was doing at work working on it because it takes a lot of time um and during COVID obviously you had a little bit more flexibility um but, you know, a lot of those blogs did end up in my book, but then I would be able to take them to that next level because a blog is essentially shouldn't be too long. Mm-hmm. When you're writing so, a book, you have more time. So you have, you have, you're now in a second book. At some point, I'm sure you're going to write a third book. What are two or three things that you know you're going to do better? I think that I'm really going to try to make sure I, I I went through these periods where I would write a ton and then I would kind of get discouraged I'm, I'm one of the things I've learned through this process is making sure I set aside some regular time and also not being afraid of of adding those citations and I was really afraid of and I didn't understand how to do it so like now I feel like I have a much better sense on how to do those things because when you did it in high school it was totally different like I didn't even have a computer until I was in college. Um, so I think that, you know, as I do this, and I also think another thing that I'm going to do is um, I'm going to try to include other educator stories in. Um, I know I have read so many books where educators have done that. And I really, for the next time, you know, as I'm talk, you know, as I'm working on this next one, which, you know, is in infancy stages right now, you know, trying to get some contributing authors in and get some other voices in and maybe get voices in that people haven't heard before. Um, I feel like sometimes you see the same voices in books over and over again. And maybe, you know, so many people have amplified my voice in ways that I could have never expected and included me in their work. I want to be able to do that for people who are on their way and trying to figure it out as well, you know. Like I'm bringing one of my colleagues to with me to our state conference to present. She's never presented before. And, you know, I know she's nervous about it. And I was like, 
but she's willing to try it. And so to me, that's like so awesome. Like I'm getting somebody to jump out of their shell and try something, but I'm going to be there with her. So I think it's going to be really exciting. Gorgeous. Um, one more thing in terms of um, your future outcomes, where are you aspiring? Where are we going to see Debbie in five years? Um, I'm hoping somewhere down the road, um, I'll be able to take all of the things that I'm doing now and maybe make that side hustle more of a regular hustle. Um, I'd really like to, you know, as our kids start to leave the nest um, and my husband works for a job where he can kind of work remotely um, if he needs to, I'd like to be able to do more of that type of work where I help schools on a, a greater basis. Um, but I still love what the work I do in the schools right now because I feel like when I think about it like an umbrella, The work I do with kids and um, educators right now really informs so much of my work. Um, and so I don't want to lose that. Um, and right now I'm in a place where my administration has really been pretty good about it. Um, they're actually great about it. Um, so I'd like to do that. Um, I'm right now trying to finish my SD certification, which has kind of become this bug in my side. I have, I'm supposed to be done by the end of this month. Not done yet. Um, But, you know, definitely working. So I need to get that done. I'm working on a book. Tell us about the ISTE certification. Uh, what what so, is it? So it's the International Society of Technology for Educators. And I won a NASA scholarship to get it for free. It's usually like $750 to $850. And I loved the coursework. Like, I am such a lifelong learner. I love, love, love the coursework. And it changed so many things in my practice. But I have to do my portfolio. And I don't know why. I'm struggling so much with this because it was supposed to be done at the end of August and I've already paid for three extra months. Um, I'm just struggling with it. So it's something that I know I have to get done. Um, but, you know, and it's weird because I like reflecting. I like doing all that stuff for some reason. And I, you know, I've kind of decided maybe there's a little bit of a fear. Maybe I won't get it. Um, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it done this month. And, um, You know, I told my husband no more extra projects until I do. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good goal. That's a good goal um, to have. Yeah. Beautiful. I loved the process and it was really, you know, it was a really, I mean, I learned so much. Like it helped me reconnect with everything I knew about teaching and then put it back with my philosophy of technology. Like things like I've forgotten to do, like I don't do, I didn't do rubrics as a clip, as a technology specialist, but now I do and really focusing on UDL and how it, technology can help with UDL. And so, so many important things and getting my students to do design thinking. So it's really helped me to grow and I know I have everything. I think sometimes just dedicating that time. Um, so because this month is, you know, obviously with Thanksgiving, there's a little bit less structured time. I'm hoping to spend some time and get that thing taken care of. What are your plans for Thanksgiving? I don't know yet. We're just, because we're a blended family, um, and, you know, sometimes our kids are with their other parents. I think that's going to be the case this year. Last year, the two of us just decided to go out for a really nice dinner and just enjoy being with each other. Um, I'm not sure what we're doing because we're, I'm going to, a, we're going to a conference in Ocean City together um, next weekend. And um, on the 17th, I'm present, I'm a featured speaker there. And so he decided to come down with me. And so we're going to have a little bit of, you know, I'm going to be working. He's going to be working from the hotel room, but then we'll have some time at the beach as well. Awesome. Awesome. That's beautiful. Uh, Debbie, this has been such a great conversation. Anything Absolutely. else you would like to share with the uh, listeners of the show? Um, 
I think just make sure that you're not afraid to connect with other people. I see so many people who are living in their own silos and they're not reaching out to other people. And I think it's just so important that people take the time to connect with other people and realize they don't have to do it alone. Um, And, you know, it can start small. It can start with a Facebook group. It could start with, you know, just lurking on Twitter or whatever you're doing, but don't be afraid to connect. I think I lost you there. Yeah. Did you hear what I said? You were saying, don't be afraid to connect to to other people because I think because I know that the connections that I've made over the past couple of years have make made me a better person and a better educator and that helps you know and if all of us feel that way and we all learn from each other and grow from each other that just benefits all of our students beautiful thank you so much Debbie it has been great having you in wisdom and productivity this was so much fun I love your show and I loved getting to meet you at teach better and I'm just so excited that we got to do this I'm sure we meet each other again. Uh, I hope that you enjoy your Sunday. You too. Bye-bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Wisdom and Productivity, the podcast of Dr. Epaim Martinez. Chulu. And I love that production. Chulu out.